0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by FitStairs, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings.
1: good evening. Thank you very much for listening to episode 54 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Lutt Daily podcast. My name's Charlotte Greenway and it's Friday the 30th of September. While all week the news has been dominated by the build-up to Sunday's Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, today the racing news has been focused around an incident which took place at saint racecourse this afternoon in the 1208 contest. I'm sure any of you who have refreshed your Twitter feed over the last nine hours will have seen the replay from this afternoon showing Christophe Sumion mid-race leaning into Rosser Ryan and elbowing him out of the saddle. Luckily, Rosso got up and walked away from the incident seemingly unscathed, and his mount was also reported to have returned to the stables safely. Sumyon went on to finish second in the Group 3 for two-year-olds over a mile, however the stewards immediately disqualified his Mount Cyrus and handed him a 60-day ban, but this doesn't begin until October 14th, meaning he'll still be able to ride in this weekend's ARG. Sumyon told Sky Sports Racing that he had made a mistake and apologised for his actions. Many racing fans have called for this suspension to begin immediately, given the severity of the incident, and don't believe he should be allowed to partner the France's chief arch hope, on Sunday. But given the rules, he will be aboard. And on Thursday, Nick put a call into Christophe to see how he's likely to approach Sunday tactically, and also asked whether he believes coming out of Stall 2 could be an advantage.
2: Um, nobody really knows. Um, just depends uh, what kind of decisions the other jockeys will take uh, around me. Uh, the thing is sure, it's that uh, I'm not gonna be um, too close of the pace because uh, I think the the track uh, is gonna be quite sticky and. Uh, we don't really know if uh, he will handle uh, the ground plus the distance. If I'm riding him too hot, so we will see how he jumps out. But uh, it looks that uh, a lot of speed will be uh, on the outside draws. So um, I think, uh, yeah, if we can get colored uh, after a few strides and just wait in the middle of the pack, uh, we're gonna have to wait uh, the, the the straight to see uh, where we go. Um, but now is the open stretch. Uh, you can see that sometimes uh, the jockeys in in close uh, position are changing their mind quite uh, a few times so you you never really know now so uh, I will write him for him um, and make sure he is able to to finish this race strong uh, that will be the most important thing
0: it's a it's a funny race isn't it i mean it's a great race it's an exciting one huge field uh, but when you look at it I, I can't ever remember a big race where you've really got no idea quite what's going to happen
2: yeah it's true uh, that's why uh, for a jockey uh, it's quite important to know the track well uh, to know the opponents and uh, other jockeys we are riding with um, it's going to be like a big handicap uh, race with better horses for sure, but um, it's going to depends also how the truck will be on, on Sunday. Uh, we're waiting a lot of rain on Saturday uh, and Friday night, so uh, hopefully for, for myself, I, I hope the truck will be not too heavy uh, because I'm not sure he really handles it uh, as well as some other horses. But uh, the horse is in great form. Uh, We have a nice draw to make sure he's not going to make up uh, too much, uh, too much ground in the race. And um, yeah, we will see. But uh, I'm quite confident uh, to finish in the first five, and uh, hopefully with a a great and clear run in the straight, he will be, be able to do better than that.
0: I mean, you you've been very lucky that you've ridden some brilliant horses in the arc. Do you think he has a touch of of real brilliance about him?
2: Yeah, what he did in the French Derby uh, was quite amazing. Uh, He won so easily that day with a a lucky run uh, because a few horses are quite fine in the race. uh, uh, that day but uh he repeated in uh sundown it was a very uh, difficult race uh with not a lot of uh, pace in the race and strong horses and he did it well so uh last time in in, in ireland i'm sure he wasn't uh, 100% fit uh he's much better now um the only worry now will be yeah uh the ground soft and heavy ground plus the distance that's the only uh interrogation we have uh, but for the rest the horse looks great since uh, his run Um, so I hope now he will just uh, give us one more uh, great run.
1: Sadly we won't be seeing star Aussie Mare very elegant lineup after Connections decided not to supplement her when it became clear that the field would exceed the maximum of 20 runners and she would have been balloted due to her disappointingly low French handicap mark. Instead, she has been declared in Saturday's Prix Royalieux over a mile and six for fillies and mares. Bar very elegant, however, we do have a stellar cast joining the with Irish champion stakes winner Luxembourg heading the market for Aidan O'Brien, while the second favourite is Sir Mark Prescott and Kirsten Rousing's Alpinista, and her jockey Luke Morris seemed very positive about her chance this morning.
3: I, I wouldn't swap her for anyone. Um, I think she's um, she's got a rock solid profile, and she goes into the race, you know, you know, as a filly that's been, perf- you know, perfectly campaigned for the race. She's lightly raced these two runs this year, and say so yeah, I'm very hopeful. Um, I, I just wish we hadn't had as much rain as there appears to have been, but um, you know, we're very hopeful nonetheless.
0: I mean, the, the orthodoxy until say the middle of this year was that if it rained it would it would suit her it would it would be to her advantage what's changed do you think or do you think we were always mistaken
3: i, I think that last year just just the fact that she went for those races in germany and they were on slow ground that was just the, the you know the alpinist you saw but um Samark mark and william butler you know the assistant were always very confident she would be a better filly on a better surface which um You know, she's improved this year, and I'm sure she's strengthened from four to five, which is where a lot of the improvements came from. But um, just on a better surface, she she just rides like she has a bit more class. But, um, you know, if if the ground is very deep on Sunday, which it looks like it may may well be, you know, you need a horse that can dig in, and, you know, she certainly has plenty of that reserve. To ride a filly in a a top race, she's, she's the ideal filly for those... Those types of races, because you can put her where you want. If there's going to be a strong and run race, you can ride her a little bit colder, as we did in Song Clue. And if there doesn't look a huge amount of pace, you can just slide her forward. So, um, you know, she's perfectly adaptable, and um, it's great to have a filly for that type of race.
0: You've won Group 1 races in, in France. You've won Group 1 races all over the continent, many of them on, on her. In terms of how this race is going to pan out, you must have played it in your mind a few times. What happens?
3: Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd ridden the race in my head about a month ago, so um, now that the draw's come out, uh, you get a clearer idea on how the race is likely to be run, and like to say, she's first versatile, where you can put her wherever, but you know, from a nice draw in store six, um, it just gives you options where you can hopefully try and keep it as simple as possible.
0: All right, Luke, um, just finally, how do you feel? How do you feel inside with two days to go?
3: Um... I'm hugely excited. I'm, I'm actually not at all nervous at the moment because I'm just kind of concentrating on each day as it comes, um, each ride as it comes, but uh, just very excited. And, um, you know, these are the days you, you carve your whole career out for, to, to ride horses in these sorts of races. So, um, so I just want to enjoy the en- enjoy the day and um, hopefully things work out and, you know, we can see the real Alpinista and she puts a best forward.
0: Is this where riding for someone like Sir Mark Prescott... Um, helps insofar as that he knows he knows where the expectation bar is always
3: um i think so i think he's he's got a good handle on the race good handle on the filly and you know he's he's obviously got his his ideas of where where she'll finish and and what we do so um like i say he's a great man to ride for you know we'll, we'll go through the race with a fine tooth comb and hopefully get the right the right plan together
1: Coming into the race 12 months ago, nobody had really even realised that Torquato Tasso was among the field, but he didn't know that and sprung a surprise at 72-1. to This year he's around the 7-2 mark, despite being beaten on his last two runs. Frankie Dottori has taken over the reins and he'll have to be at his brilliant best to guide this horse to victory from stall 18, but if anyone can do it, surely Frankie can. Trainer Marcel Weiss's assistant Julia Rummick, is a regular on this podcast, and prior to the draw, spoke to Nick about her belief that Torquato Tasso might be able to do it again. After a very good work uh, on uh, on Tuesday
4: morning with his jockey on his back, uh, we are we still believe in him. Um, we we know this is really difficult um, this time as well with twenty horses in this race. Um, to find a good place to have a good uh, race without uh, any uh, traffic problems, but um, our horse is in top form, he has uh, uh, shown a few times that he's able to 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 win against the best horses in the world. So we are very um, pleased with him, and and we we believe in him, still like last year.
0: I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by the way you've trained him. Obviously, you've trained him with this race in mind. That goes without saying. But how do you read the, the, the little peaks and troughs of the season and his his cycle of form? How, talk to me about it from, from your perspective as to how he's gone through the year. Yeah.
4: Yes, um, we know him very well. So um, um, before his first race... Um, we wasn't really confident because we 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 doesn't have so much really good horses in the stable, and he uh, always worked very well. But with bad horses, uh, you always work very well. So um, we 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 knew before that he will need this race um, absolutely, like every year. We can't um, get him fit for the first time time out uh, every year, and then um, we saw after the race in Baden-Baden we saw that he's nearly like the year before and in and, and good condition every week better and better looking great more and more and so we were still confident and um but before I he works very well so um on a on a, on a ground um which nobody said uh, which everybody said to us oh it's not for it's not perfect for him but he 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 was uh, uh um shown us, that that wouldn't be a problem for him as well, so um, he runs a very good race in Eskert and uh, Baden-Baden, yes. We saw the the starting list and we we knew that could be very difficult a race without any pace of not for us and and, um, the trainer always said that he's better uh, right way than left hand so not perfect for us but it wasn't the plan the trainer wants to to keep his plans and um, yes we, we we just could uh, uh, lose this day we couldn't win because when he would re- win the race in baden everybody said okay he has to win he's the best horse in the race but when you lose then <laughs> it's always hard four weeks before the yeah, arc of course but now everything's perfect horse took his race really good and uh, even the jockey was very happy with
0: him on Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be a big angle, of course. Frankie Torre riding in, in the arc again. He's, he's ridden in, in 30-odd arcs and uh, you know, this might be one of his last ones. Uh, how, how important was it for you to, to secure his services when you knew that Rene Picilic would be, would be required to, to ride Mendocino?
4: absolutely because um this horse um, he's a bit special and, and you really have to know him we um everybody saw when he rode him the first time in baden um it was not an advantage that he was sitting on first time and um when he comes here on tuesday um and he never uh, um was in doubt he always said uh yeah no problem i come directly i ride him in the morning no problem and uh, we were very pleased to hear that so we we know that that um he he, he respects our horse and, and and he know he has the right chance and yak with the sauce so um it was very important when he came back from the from the track first thing he said was now i know why it would be so important for you that i come here to ride the sauce mm. and um that gives everybody
0: a lot of confidence and, and you talk about the ground it doesn't look as though the ground is going to be quite as soft as it was as it was last year but as you say he's proven that he can go on a sounder surface at at Ascot are you pleased to see a lot of runners because the pace will be strong is, is that something that that is is an advantage for you yeah of course
4: that is an absolutely advantage for us um, otherwise You have to think about all the problems uh, with the traffic now, but um, a a real pace, a real uh, good uh, running race uh, is most important for him. Absolutely. And um, the ground would be perfect for him as well. He worked on Tuesday, he worked on a ground um, similar like that, and it was brilliant.
0: Uh, Julia, I'd, I'd love to know from you how how much more profile this has given you and the stable since his win in the Arc. What it's done for you and what it's done for German racing as a whole.
4: Um, first of all, a lot of attention from from all over the world. That's we really we are not. Um, um we don't know how to play on this stage. Normally it's not our stage, the big stage. So, um we were a bit surprised. Um a lot of people called us to visit doors, to, to visit the stable. We had a lot of attention from, from all over the world, from newspapers, from television and radios and and uh, yeah, we 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 enjoyed as much as possible. <laughs>
0: and you and you have to enjoy it when 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 it's going as as well as it is Uh, is it is it definite that this will be his final race or is there a possibility of going to to japan or elsewhere
4: yes um that is a possibility we will see um how the the horse is when he's coming back from from paris and um even the, the results so um, i think when he would really win the, his second arc he wouldn't go to uh, to japan but um the owners and the trainers they will find the right decision at the right time
0: wishing
1: it's, it's really it, it is possible yes
0: wishing you the very best julia thanks so much for your time this morning
1: thanks nick Jockey Christophe Lemaire may not have a ride in the race this time around but being based over in Japan means he's very well placed to comment on the strong Japanese challenge this year as well as Longchamp as a track having ridden there for many seasons and so Nick thought it was worth putting a call into Christophe to see how he thinks the race may play out.
5: It's going to be a very open race you know uh, in terms of uh, quality of the horses so I think every horse will uh, will have his chance. Uh, it's going to be a big field. Uh, the positions uh, will be very important. Uh, the, um, uh, the 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 ground will be uh, soft to very soft, so the horses will need some ability on this uh, kind of ground. So it's uh, a bit uh, a negative point for the Japanese horses, but. Uh, these horses are, are tough, especially title holders, Stay Foolish, and uh, Deep Bound. Uh, they are tough, so um, they, I think they can handle uh, this track. Uh, and D-Odius, Dodius is the, um, the, the main horse uh, in the middle of the Japanese horses. He's a derby winner uh, in his country. Uh, very good pedigree and um, very talented horse.
0: And so, of the four, which do you fancy the most?
5: Uh, I like very much uh, Dodius uh, because, as I as I said, he's a Derby winner. So uh, he, he was very um, good when he won uh, that race. Um, the the connection, have some experience uh, in the arc because they, uh, they ran this race with Makahiki a few years ago. And uh, yes, it is a very nice three-year-old
1: finally, just before we go, later on the card at Longchamp, the Sprinters will be seeking Group 1 glory in the Prix de l'Ave over five furlongs. Two-year-old the Platinum Queen will once again be taking on her Elders, as she did in the Nunthor, where she only found Highfield Princess too good. But there'll be no Highfield Princess on Sunday, and Midland Park's Tom Palin expressed his excitement ahead of her latest assignment.
6: She's kind of the stuff that dreams are made of. You know, when you you go to the Tassel's uh, Guineas Breeze Up uh, and you spend £57,000, you don't expect to have a favourite for a Group 1, but that's exactly what we've got. And, you know, the, the team is absolutely delirious with excitement at the moment just to think... We could be going to France and seeing seeing her run a little heart out and maybe have a colours carried to victory in a Group One. It's it's stuff dreams are made of,
0: really, isn't it? And uh, when you saw what Highfield Princess then did in the Flying Five at the Curra, did it only further your resolve that you had a you had a Favorites' chance if you went to an Abbey.
6: Yeah, um, but obviously the, the, the Childers form did take a little bit of a hit in the Chivley Park with Trillium not running her race. But she
0: didn't run at all, she didn't turn no, up did that, she in I, think, I Park. think that
6: was so bad to be true that you can almost pop a line through that she was never at the races. I think maybe her and um, the Platinum Queen had a ding-dong battle for a furlong and a half and it might have just taken its toll on her, so I'm happy to excuse that and just to confirm yeah, the, the, the Flying Five performance of Highfield Princess was a serious effort I think we've I think we set the I think we set the standard going into that race really what's the plan do you think for the Platinum Queen beyond Sunday uh, the Breeders Cup really and um, five and a half furlongs tight track good ground get out on the speed don't see which way she goes that would be the plan
0: excellent and then <laughs> into next year Absolutely.
6: Um, she's not a small little whippet of a thing. She's a big, no. scopy, good looking filly who, you know, not, not that this is anywhere on the horizon, but that she, her broodmare days would be quite exciting as well. But she, she will definitely be one who you'd imagine would fully train on into a three and four year old career.
1: Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've gained a bit of insight ahead of the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe on Sunday at 3.05. If the rain at Longchamp has been anything like what I've seen over here in the UK today, you'd have to fancy Torquatt Tasso if Frankie can work his magic from his outside draw. It promises to be exciting and don't forget to tune in to Monday's episode to hear Nick reviewing all the action. Goodbye.